Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Melissa Alvarez, VP of Marketing at Mind Beacon. Melissa, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So say a few words about Mind Beacon and about your work there. Thanks. So MindBeacon, we are a provider of digital mental health services. We're one of the leading providers in Canada. And really the whole goal of digital mental health, um, we actually came into be even before the pandemic and before people were being forced into doing things virtually. Um, our founder actually realized that there was a big gap, um, especially when he actually was looking for mental health therapy that there really wasn't a lot of access. And if there was access, you were on waiting lists for months. And so he was looking to solve that and make therapy more accessible and available by taking it digitally. And so um, one of the things of our therapy is that it's asynchronous. So you don't actually have to book an appointment. You don't book one hour with a therapist. It's all done through asynchronous messaging. So you send a message to your therapist and your therapist replies within a couple of days. So because it's not synchronous, we're able to serve so many more people with the same amount of therapists. And really, that's really the limitation right now is that there's just not enough therapists out there for the amount of people that actually want services. Also, on the other end, people find it hard. They find it hard to make a time for an appointment. They make it, it's hard to go to a clinic. There's also barriers, especially if you live in a small town. If you're seen walking down the street, going to the mental health clinic, um, people are worried about that stigma. So digital takes that all away. And so Mind Beacon's focus is really on how do we make it more accessible? So, you know, removing some of these barriers and available. How do we make the capacity in the system grow? Um, and that's really what drove Mind Beacon to be. Wow, that's really interesting. And it sounds like, as you mentioned, this was you guys were doing this before the pandemic. And I can only imagine that during the pandemic, with everybody locked down, it's really helped serve a need even more so than maybe it was before. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting because it was this accessibility that really drove the creation of the company. And then it became a necessity as soon as the pandemic hit, because every clinic is now closed. And you can see a lot of people who had traditional therapy clinics moving to virtual, trying to mm. figure it out. And it's a hard pivot. Um, so we were pretty lucky yeah. that we were kind of ahead of the game in that. And we've seen incredible growth, sadly, I guess, in some ways during the pandemic. Um, right now, about 100 people per day sign up to Mind Beacon Therapy. Wow. Okay. Well, there's a great need out there, obviously. Mm -hmm. So very, very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Now, as VP of Marketing, your job, of course, is to create content and marketing campaigns that will engage the people that you're trying to reach. So we ask this question of all of our guests, what does that term engage or engagement mean to you? Yeah, so um, it's a little bit different. So for us, we we look at our, our market in two different ways. So ultimately, I'm a marketer. So revenue and growth, um, we're a public company. So our shareholders are looking for those two things. So I'm always really focused on that. And the way that we get revenue and growth is two ways. So we've got people who pay for the therapy. And then we've got the people who actually go for um, and um, have our therapy. So the payers are things like employers. So a lot of employers will actually pay for MindBeacon for all of their employees as a workplace benefit. So 
I'm looking to engage workplaces, HR managers, wellness managers, benefits managers that are able to want to kind of sign up for our workplace program. We also work with benefits providers. So all of those insurance carriers that have benefits, mental health benefits, we work with them to get our mental health therapy and then government. So in a lot of places, government now is trying to put in mental health supports for people, especially during the pandemic. So we create relationships with that. So I'm looking to engage those groups and ensure that they understand that we're an available benefit for their employees or their citizens. But at the end of the day, they can buy it, but I've got to get consumers to actually choose us. And so I also need to make sure that people seeking help know about MindBeacon and they ultimately have the choice. So I've got to engage them to say, all right, you want mental health services, come to MindBeacon. You're either your employees paying for it, you can have it covered by your benefits or the government's paying for it, but you still have the choice to pick MindBeacon. So it's a lot of different people right now as a marketer that I'm trying to engage, um, but ultimately it's the consumer that's the most important because they really need mm. to trust our brand, especially for something like mental health. So they don't care that like their employer is suggesting that they use it. If the consumer themselves doesn't feel trust, doesn't feel like our brand can be there to help them in their time of need, they're not going to choose us. So ultimately, my engagement, as much as all of those other payers are important because they're the ones that pay the bills, the, the consumer and the individual choosing us is the most important mm. person that I'm working to engage. Okay. So you have sort of different levels of engagement, different groups that you're trying to engage. How do you know if what you're doing is working and, and the engagement is actually happening? Yeah. So it's a tricky thing in mental health because, I mean, ultimately I need people to sign up for a paid services and sign up for therapy. But we actually know that two out of three people with mental health concerns never reach out for help because of stigma, because of cost, because of availability, they don't know what it's like, therapy's scary, there's just a million reasons, right? So I have to be very careful as a marketer that I don't want to push someone into therapy if A, they're not ready for it, or if it's not really that's something that they need right now. A lot of people might just be having mild issues, something that like a self-support could work them. So really, we look at what we call the continuum of care. And therapy is a part of that continuum of care. And if you engage and you sign up for therapy, that's great. We look at those conversions. They're very important for growth. But I'm also looking at engagement of people who want to read content. Um, and so we have free content through a site called our, our blog called Stronger Minds. And that's where I kind of talk about it a little bit like brushing your teeth. So sometimes you got to go to your professional and you got to go see your dentist, right? And you want to go for checkups, which are really great. And if you've got like a cavity, you need to get that fixed or something. Same thing with therapy. So sometimes you need to go see a therapist. You need that extra support. Sometimes there's a big issue that you really need to get solved. But the rest of the time, you're brushing your teeth. So um, every day. And whether you see a therapist or not, you need to be doing routine stuff to strengthen your mental health. And so we really look at engagement in our content, in our social media, ways that we can get little nuggets to people to start thinking about their mental health. And we know that if people feel comfortable maybe reading a post, listening to a webinar, watching a video of somebody else, that will help grow their comfort to when maybe they do need to reach out for help. It doesn't seem like such a big jump. So a lot of what I'm trying to do with our marketing is build engagement in these light touch things, areas where you can be anonymous, areas where you can hear other people ask therapists questions, 
all to kind of make people feel more comfortable to move into our paid revenue therapy services. Okay. So kind of providing opportunities in different ways at different levels for the people that you're trying to connect with, to engage with the content, to engage with your company. That might mean just reading something. That might mean asking a question. That might mean signing up for therapy. Yeah, exactly. And just knowing Mm. that like all those options are available to you. Um, Like I know, like if you've never been in therapy, what does it feel like to ask a therapist? And what is this therapist, especially in virtual it's a little trickier, right? Like you're not going yeah. to an office and getting to meet someone face to face. So this is a person who's going to pop up in a video and then you're going to like, you know, spill your guts out to them. So a lot of our engagement is really about here. Why don't you listen to them in a webinar? Listen to them in a video. Feel comfortable with them mm-hmm. before you actually move into that next step. Okay. Got it. Now, mental health is, of course, a delicate topic. And I feel like as a society, we've come a long way in being able to talk more openly about mental health, mental illness, but there's still a lot of taboo around it, and we still have a ways to go. As you've just been describing, people who are dealing with mental health issues, it can be difficult to know where to turn or even to get yourself, bring yourself to reach out for help, right, Mm -hmm. for whatever various reasons. So in your role as a marketer, what sorts of challenges does this present to you? Yeah. So in terms of like conversion, I feel like there's two steps that we have to go through. So most of, you know, most marketing, it's, I get my awareness up, I'm educating you, and then I flip you right over. And I feel like in, in the mental health space, it's a little different because there's the stigma layer, right? So the first step is getting over the stigma layer, right? And how do you how do you do that? Before you even start talking about how do you take action or picking Mind Beacon, you've really got to make people feel like it's safe and okay for them to reach out for help. And then once you figure that out, then you move to the next level of, okay, now what does that help look like? And I think you mentioned it, like I think a lot of people are over that stigma. So they're over that, okay, I think it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to talk about mental health. Where we're finding the next big gap is people not knowing what to do. Like, what is that action? Like, okay, we've talked about mental health, but now what do we do about it, right? And then, and there's a big gap between I'm okay talking with it, then I'm reaching out for help. And what does that look like? And so, so much of what I have to do right now is educating people on what therapy is. Because I think people think therapy is for mental illness only, um, and that you only really reach out to a professional or seeking a mental health professional when you get to this like really bad state. Like, I feel like even for me, Like I'm a mom under the pandemic and I'm like, am I bad enough to get therapy? But why are we waiting till we're bad enough? Like, you know, with my dentist Mm. analogy, are we waiting for our teeth to fall out before we go talk to a dentist, right? Like let's, as soon as we feel uncomfortable and a lot of what we do at Mind Beacon is when you feel like you're not living at your best, when you feel like you're not at that full potential, that's when you can start to reach out for help. Like don't wait till you really can't function or you know, you're in that mental illness state, start reaching out sooner. And so we're trying to break down this barrier of how soon should you reach out for help? Um, and then I think another big barrier is, does this work? Because a lot of people feel like therapy, oh, you know, you, you watch on TV sometimes this person lying on a couch to talk about their feelings nonstop, but do you really see what those results are? And so one of the things that's interesting with Mind Beacon and digital therapy, because we have data on the platform, we're able to actually have a lot of outcome reporting. So everything's anonymized. 
But we actually know that people, 87% of people on MindBeacon see an improvement in their symptoms after working with us. Like we actually have the data. And so that to me is, is really interesting. We want to be able to start to use data to show people that therapy works. Um, but one thing with, with clinical, and I guess this is another challenge in the mental health space is we have to be very careful about claims. So everything in my, in my marketing is all has to be clinically validated. So I'm always working with our therapists, even something as like a social media post. Um, if it's too much wellness, like we're mental health professionals. So we have to be very clear with like the lines of how we communicate. So I'm always like working with the clinical team to make sure it, it fits that clinical rigor. We also can't make claims that aren't actually validated by research and science. So I can't just say in a marketing ad that says, hey, come to MindBeacon, you'll feel better. Because what is you'll feel better actually mean? And do I actually have the clinical study to show that you'll feel better? And I think in the space right now, there's a lot of people entering the mental health, digital mental health space. And not a lot of it is like regulated professionals. You'll see people who are coaches and, mm -hmm. you know, people who just like love to do podcasts on mental health without any kind of credible mm -hmm. certification. And, and the thing about MindBeacon is that it's all registered licensed professionals. And so I want to make sure that I'm never making claims. I'm never putting out content. All of our content is written by clinical professionals. They're not blog posts by marketing people. And so we're really trying to make a strong line about what it means to seek professional mental health. Um, and with that comes a lot of clinical rigor and extra steps for me as a marketer. But it makes me make sure that I'm kind of, you know, differentiated from everybody else who might be giving mental health advice out there. That makes sense. I mean, especially because what you're doing is somewhat of a deviation from the traditional in-person model of therapy. So I would imagine that mm -hmm. at least some prospective patients might say like asynchronous therapy, like, does that actually work? You know, is it as effective as coming to the office and lying on the couch or sitting in the chair or whatever? So having data to back it up to say, yes, it is. And it's not mm -hmm. just our opinion, but here it is that that's, that's just good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's surprising because even when I joined my beacon, I was like, but you're not talking to anyone. I don't get how you can actually get better when you're not talking to anyone. And then, you know, they gave me the reports and it's equivalent or even better than face-to-face -face therapy sometimes. And, you yeah. know, like it's slowly, I start to hear some of the benefits and, you know, one of the, the things that one of our therapists talked about is that a lot of people don't feel comfortable in verbal conversation. And that mm -hmm. there's a whole generation that's growing up texting and emailing more than they are talking to people. And so some people need that time, especially if you're like talking about something that you're going through emotionally, being on the spot in one hour and trying to like get it out to somebody versus having the time to like craft a message, think about it, refine it. It's really actually a medium that's a lot more preferred to a lot for a lot of people. Um, and then also just having the time, like when you think about sometimes I think about something and I'm feeling crappy. And if my appointment with my therapist is a month away, by the time I get to my appointment, I was like, what was I feeling that day? Like, I can't remember it. So this is because it's asynchronous. As soon as you feel it, you can write it down. Um, so there's really just a lot of benefits that once you start to think about it, which does as a marketer require a lot of education, right? So a lot mm -hmm. of what I need to do is 
talk about what these unique benefits are, right? Because people think they're losing something when they don't get to talk to someone, but really they're gaining a lot of things. Um, Even having a transcript. So your whole conversation Mm. back and forth is on this platform. So you don't also forget what your therapist told you. You can go back and read it. So so really an education challenge and really trying to teach people what this different type of therapy is all about. I see that. So tell us about a marketing strategy or maybe a campaign that you feel has worked really well, produced strong results, say, in the past year. Yeah. So one of the things that we noticed, so we do a lot of search marketing. Um, We noticed that we were getting a ton and ton of traffic to these landing pages, but people weren't converting. They weren't converting to therapy. Um, They were searching for therapy. They were searching for help with depression or stress and anxiety. But when they came to our page, they weren't quite ready. And so we were realizing we were like I was calling it leakage. So we had a lot of leakage. We were paying for a lot of people to come to the page. But when you think about it, people aren't ready for therapy right away, right? So, you know, how do we, you know, engage them in that moment if they aren't right for therapy? And so in the last few months, we've actually just put a little pop-up on that landing page that when they're going to close the window, so they're leaving, they decided this is not ready for me. We just have a pop-up and it's in really regular language and it says not quite ready for therapy. We get it. How about some content instead? And we just have a little pop-up where people can subscribe to our newsletter. And it's worked incredibly. 50% of people that see that pop-up have given us their email address. And we're growing at about 1,000 subscribers now a month. And so such a great thing because all of this you know, effort and expense we're using to drive people through search to our landing page, we're not leaking them anymore. We're not having to repay for them later on. We're able to capture them. And now nurture them through that content that I was talking about that is really about helping you feel comfortable, see what therapy is like, you know, getting you some like webinar content or articles, and then starting to move you to cut therapy when you're most comfortable. Great. So that really speaks to that education piece. A lot of folks coming to your website were looking for more information before they're ready to take that step to sign up like, yep, I want therapy. Yeah, it's like meeting people where they are. And I feel like even when you think about it, like sometimes I I go to buy a pair of shoes online, right? And like you go to try buy it and then, yeah, you don't get to it. And then the shoes follow you around in your Google advertising nonstop. And that's for a pair of shoes, right? Like, can you imagine Mm -hmm. signing up for therapy for weeks on end of talking to someone about your emotions? Like that's a big step. And to click on a search ad and then sign up right away, it, 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 you know, it'll take a bit longer. And so, we really wanted to close that gap up for, for people. Yeah, it, it's, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about the value of really knowing your tribe, your mm-hmm. audience, the folks you're trying to reach, uh, because how else are you going to speak their language? How mm-hmm. else are you going to create effective marketing unless you really understand on a fairly deep level how those people talk, what they think, what really matters to them? And it sounds like this was a very effective step in in deepening your knowledge of what your audience is really looking for. Yeah. And I, I love that saying tribe because I feel like, you know, our tribe is people who are looking for help. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like it's great if they sign up for therapy and we make some money, but I also just want to help people. And that's the goal. And like, that's the purpose and mission of our organization. And if help means, you're just going to read some of our free articles and come to our webinars and that helps you. 
like that's great. And we want to build that trust and we want to be there to help people no matter where they are. And, and they might never need therapy, but it doesn't mean that our brand can't be there to support them in the ways that they need. And so I feel like when you're a brand and a marketer that's just really out to build the best experience and to actually support people, then it works. It builds that brand trust and, and they'll come down the line or they'll recommend people. But if all it is, is about converting people into that paid therapy, even when that paired therapy is not right for them, I think that's going to hurt you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So to switch gears for a second, what's a current marketing trend that you think is maybe overrated? So one thing, I mean, it's a tricky thing, I think, is content. And so content's one of those things where everyone's like, you know, content, push up blogs. And I'm just talking about content in a lot of ways. But at the same time, there's so much content out there. And I feel like there's a bit of content fatigue, especially things like webinars and online events. And so I feel like, is it overrated? Maybe it just needs to be re-looked at or revamped in some ways. Because I feel like when you look at a webinar, how many of us are on Zoom meetings all day or Teams meetings all day? Like I'm tired of getting onto another virtual meeting in the time that I have free. And so I think where our opportunity is as marketers is to get more unique and more personal with our content. I think people now are searching out to be social because we're, we're so disconnected. And if your solution to content is a lot of copy to read or really long guides or long blog posts when all I'm reading right now is digital news, that's not really a benefit to me. And if your webinar content is just an hour long, I'm sitting and listening to the Zoom when that's all I do all day, like that's not a benefit. So I think as marketers, we've got to like continually to use content, but use content in ways that are way more engaging. You know, how can we add engagement? How can we add polling or different methods of, you know, getting out that content? And so yeah, I think it's funny because most of what I've talked about is content. And then I'm also <laughs> saying it's the most <laughs> overrated right now. But I think we have to be really smart into how we reach our audiences in unique and different ways and ways that allow them to connect and feel connected because we're, we're currently in such a disconnected state um, that people are really hungry for that. Yeah, I, it's it's so funny you bring this up. I just the other day. I was working on a blog post about content and how I don't like that word <laughs> because I mean, in a way, everything is content, right? Yeah. Everything you put on your website, you know, any, all of marketing involves content in some way. So there's no, you can't avoid it, but there's something about that term that feels so clinical to me, sort of cold and distant. Yeah. And I feel like people are tired of the content from brands. And I feel like if your brand can come, become a place like almost a platform for others to tell their stories. And mm. I know like user generated content is becoming kind of a new big thing. And, and one of the things that we're trying to do at my beacon is be that platform for other people to tell their stories, mm. other people to tell their mental health challenges, how therapies work for them. But instead of us always being the ones that are talking on social or talking on our website, let, let others be the ones talking. And I feel like that's a great way to allow people to connect and it's amazing. Like I've joined a couple of mental health Facebook groups and just to listen. And so many people just want to help each other out. Like they're mm -hmm. okay with telling their story if it helps somebody else with their struggles and their experiences. And so we're now working to figure out how can we as MindBeacon be a platform to connect people, 
connect people who want to help each other by sharing their experiences. And so we're sitting back as a brand and we're allowing other people to have that conversation around mental health and help each other out. And then we're there where they need to kind of, if they're putting out their hand for that little bit of extra help. Mm -hmm. Well, that's another term, conversation, that I find Mm -hmm. fascinating that I think about a lot these days. We won't go down that rabbit hole right now. (laughs) Because <laughs> I've already I've, I've kept you on the podcast already uh, too long. But final thoughts based on your experience in marketing. What's something that your co- your colleagues in marketing can start doing uh, to improve how they're engaging their audiences? Yeah, I think one thing is shorten and simplify. And I think sometimes marketers, especially ones like myself, where you're in, you're excited about your brand. You're excited about the results that you have and the stories you can tell, but people are so busy. And I think we're busier than we've ever been, even though we're all locked down and at home, we still have very little time. And I feel like if as a marketer, you can save people time. Like if your piece of content is, I took all 20 posts about something and I distilled it for you into like a one minute read, like that's hugely valuable for people right now. And And being short and being concise in your nurturing instead of like really long emails and here's a three-page report. How can you give it to someone in 30 seconds or one minute and and really like, you know, provide them value in like how short, brief, and to the point you can be. Um, And I think, you know, if we all as marketers take that extra time and it actually does take 10 times more time to write something short than it does to write something long, right? So Mm -hmm. I think the less is more in how we can really save our consumers time, save if we're doing B2B, we can save people time by giving them content and resources in ways that are very digestible and that save them time and research in other ways. I think that's the best way to be part of their tribe, right? Right now. Mm Yeah, I, I love that C- concision in your communication. Easier said than done. And of course, you're totally right. It's harder to be concise. It's harder mm-hmm. to write something or produce something that's short than it is to go on and on. It seems mm-hmm. counterintuitive, but that's totally true. But worth the effort. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for a really great conversation and for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I love talking all things marketing, so it's always enjoyable. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.